Thank you for listening to the In The Lead show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and check out the In The Lead newsletter. Every week I send out mindfulness and leadership tips to help you become the best leader of you. See the show notes for a link to subscribe to the newsletter or go to www.intheleadshow.com and subscribe there. Welcome to the show. And if you are a person who's highly sensitive, in short, what that means is your nervous system is wired to take in stimulation at a much higher degree than someone who's not highly sensitive. What I sense is important about that to really zero in on is that it is how your system is wired, meaning that it is biological, it is physiological, as the research shows and demonstrates. And so when we're talking highly sensitive, we're not just talking like a personality quirk or disorder, or I always like to say, it's not something that your parents did to you, um, <laughs> or you, you didn't pick it up on the playground. And it's not because of that weird drink that you had in college. It is literally how you are born into the world. And so then that means that if your nervous system is taking stimulation in a much higher degree, you're having a different experience in the world than someone who's not highly sensitive. And then the last little piece that I would add that I think is valuable to highlight is that according to the research, there are 20% of us. So that does position us to often feel like we are the other or the even less than because our experience is a 2080 experience. And along those lines, I typically like to say that it's, it is as if the rest of the world is designed for the other 80%. And Welcome so back to the In The Lead show. My name is Jennifer Sang, and you're listening to episode number 33. In today's episode, I'm going to talk to Heather Dominic, who is a woman who is successful and a highly sensitive person. We're going to talk today about what it means to be a highly sensitive leader and how you can leverage the gifts and come up with strategies to support yourself as a highly sensitive person. Now, Heather Dominic is a former high school drama teacher who collaborated, collaborated with none other than Bette Midler, a graduate of NYU, where she received her first coach training. Heather is the winner of the 2015 Best of Manhattan Coaching Award and creator of the 2014 Stevie Award-winning virtual event, A Course in Business Miracles, 21-day discovery series that attracted close to 6,000 official registrants from all around the world, including Iceland, Nigeria, Russia, Asia, South America, Australia, Europe, and the U.S., she has appeared on Lifetime Television and has been published in numerous books, including Stepping Stones to Success, alongside Deepak Chopra. She's an exceptional facilitator and teacher and is known for creating a safe, sacred environment for true transformation, whether delivering training online or in person. Since 2010, Heather has taught thousands of highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders from around the globe how to release lifelong limiting beliefs, overcome fears, and develop new leadership skills in order to make more impact and more income with less effort by doing things differently. And that's a key I want to highlight and I think is a theme throughout our conversation today is about how as a highly sensitive person... We need to do things differently. And most of the world is geared towards the other 70 to 80%. How us as the 20 to 30% can start doing things differently so that they're in alignment with us so that we can release some of those limiting beliefs and fears that we may have developed throughout our lifetime. So this conversation was extremely fascinating. It's of course something that I love because as a highly sensitive person, it's something I'm always trying to investigate and figure out and kind of find skills and ways to do things differently. Before you check out this episode, there were four episodes that I did earlier on in the show that you might want to check out as well, where I did a little bit of a deep dive into what it means to be a highly sensitive person. So before you go into this conversation, if you haven't already, go back to my earlier episodes. Episode four, the highly sensitive person. Episode five, the superpowers of a highly sensitive person. Episode six, self-care for the highly sensitive person. And then in episode seven, I talk about why I think highly sensitive people make 
great leaders. So if you haven't checked those out, I recommend checking those episodes out before you listen to this one. It'll give a little bit more context if you aren't already aware of what highly sensitive people are and the skills and things to be mindful of. Definitely check that out first. Otherwise, enjoy the show and welcome to the show. Welcome back to the In The Lead Show. My name is Jennifer Sang and today I am joined by Heather Dominic to talk about highly sensitive people and highly sensitive leaders. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I am really looking forward to this conversation. I am too. Um, I don't know if you noticed looking through my website, but I actually did a five part kind of series about highly sensitive people because I myself am a highly sensitive person. It's something that I don't think we talk about it enough. So I'm really excited to get your takes on what it means to be a highly sensitive person. And then if you're in leadership or you just want to be a better leader of yourself, like what are some things that you can do if you're a highly sensitive person to be really effective and use your gifts in the best way possible? So yes. Yes. Super yes, excited. yes. But before <laughs> we get started, I would love to know a little bit more about you. So can you tell us who is Heather Dominic? Mm, yes. How to nutshell that? That's the question. <laughs> um, I would say for the purpose of our conversation, um, I am a teacher at heart. That is my life purpose, including that was also my former career was as a traditional high school classroom teacher. I taught English and drama for eight years, and I am definitely still teaching to this day, even though I have been self-employed for almost 20 years now. Teaching is really at the heart of what I do, and my business has taken lots of different interesting, you know, curves and turns over the years. In the last 10 plus years, I have had the, the focus and the deep honor of mentoring other highly sensitive entrepreneurs. And within just the last few years, uh, especially as a result of the global pandemic, the focus on mentoring highly sensitive entrepreneurs expanded into the space of highly sensitive leadership and the work continues. Yes, it is. It's a journey is what yes. I'm learning. So fascinating. So you used to be a teacher. Now you're helping entrepreneurs and leaders. Would you say embrace and utilize their highly sensitive parts or how would you describe that? I think that actually describes it really well. Okay. Maybe one step I would add in before is the no, right? To really know yourself as uh, highly sensitive and then to embrace and then to really utilize and utilize as a positive force of change to create um, an increased impact uh, for yourself and for others, while also positioning yourself to experience an increase in income. Awesome. All with less effort. <laughs> oh, less effort. Well, that would be nice. Less mm -hmm. effort is good. Um, and really knowing yourself, I think is really key as well. Now, if there are listeners on the podcast right now asking themselves, what is highly sensitive person? What are you guys talking about? Yes. How do you describe it? Or what is being highly sensitive mean to you? Yes. Well, first go back and listen to Jennifer's five-part series. Um, that will be super helpful and supportive. Uh, and then from there, I think we'll both just acknowledge that highly sensitive is not a term, you know, coined by either Jennifer or myself. It really comes out of research specifically from the mid 1990s. And that research really entered into a new space of understanding how a person's nervous system is wired. And if you are a person who's highly sensitive, in short, what that means is your nervous system is wired to take in stimulation at a much higher degree than someone who's not 
highly sensitive. What I sense is important about that to really zero in on is that it is how your system is wired, meaning that it is biological, it is physiological as the research shows and demonstrates. And so when we're talking highly sensitive, we're not just talking like a personality quirk or disorder, or I always like to say, it's not something that your parents did to you, um, <laughs> or you, you didn't pick it up on the playground. And it's not because of that weird drink that you had in college. It is literally how you are born into the world. And so then that means that if your nervous system is taking stimulation in a much higher degree, you're having a different experience in the world than someone who's not highly sensitive. And then the last little piece that I would add that I think is valuable to highlight is that according to the research, there are 20% of us. So that does position us to often feel like we are the other or the even less than because our experience is a 2080 experience. And along those lines, I typically like to say that it's, it is as if the rest of the world is designed for the other 80%. And so that becomes mm -hmm. something that needs to be managed, navigated and learned how to work with. It reminds me almost of like left-handers right? Mm -hmm. Like there's such yeah. a small minority, but the world is geared towards yes. and focused on right-handers. So if you're left-handed, it can become a problem with just simple things like Absolutely. scissors or even in school writing on the desk, right? Remember you used to always yes. have that one um, piece that you could rest your arm on the right side. Well, what about left-handers? I remember I used to watch them in school, like they'd be all like hunched over and like trying to yeah. You know, figure out where, how to, but even as simple, you're right. I mean, I think, absolutely. I think that is an important thing to note is that it is not a disorder. Nothing happened to you. Nothing is wrong with you. You were just wired mm -hmm. differently. And right. what I find to be the biggest, at least from my experience, travesty in all of this is it's never talked about. And there are 20 to 30% of us walking around this way, feeling like there's something wrong with us. Cause I know for many years in my yeah. life, I just thought, Oh, I'm not like everybody else. So that must right. mean there's something wrong with me or I'm right. defective. Right. And since I grew up in the eighties and nineties, I mean, somewhat when this whole movement and body of work started, but there was no conversation about it. It was just like, stop, yeah. you know, being sensitive, stop, right. you know, being upset about these things and not realizing that it was just the things in my environment that I couldn't handle. And, um, it wasn't until I didn't even actually realize it until my therapist brought it up when I was probably in my mid thirties or early thirties. And she was like, Jen, are you highly sensitive? And probably based on all the stories I'm telling her and the things that I'm like going through. And I thought, what are you, I even, I hadn't even really heard of it. I was like, I don't know what that is. And it wasn't until I read Elaine Aaron's book and then started doing more research. And I was like, oh my gosh, you do the highly sensitive quiz. And I'm like 30 out of 31. Like I am way off the scale and yes. it makes sense, but that was an important realization for me, I think. And I don't know about your experience, but just realizing yes. that and accepting it felt like a absolutely huge, like burden had been lifted from me thinking, oh, okay. I'm not nothing wrong with me. I just need to find exactly. ways to kind of live with this experience and know mm -hmm. like when I'm getting overstimulated or if I'm, mm -hmm. you know, just too drained because I'm doing too much or mm -hmm. just finding a way to live with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, my, it was definitely life-changing, um, for myself. I had, um, I had been self-employed for about six or seven years and, did not know that I was highly sensitive. I had never even heard that term before. And I really hit a wall in my business. I had created all of this external success. I had reached this significant financial uh, mark and it, I was just over exhausted. I was overworked. I was overwhelmed. I was having a terrible experience and really questioning everything. And um, in hindsight, I can say like, 
even like dark night of the soul. <laughs> like I was just like, who am I? What am I doing? Why is this all difficult? I don't know if I'm meant to be self-employed. And if I'm, if I'm not, then what do I do? And I don't, it was just really like very internally tumultuous. And that is what led me to connect with Dr. Aaron. And when I connected with her and learned what it meant to be highly sensitive, very similar to yourself. Again, I had never heard that phrase before. When I heard it, I did not like it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, great. I'm, I'm strange and weird and different. Now I have a name for it. That's great. You know, I was like, oh, this just sounds terrible. Um, but then once I started to learn what it actually meant, very similar to yourself, things started to click into place. And I would say maybe just a, a little bit different than your experience is what I started to see was even more than, oh, okay, this is how I now need to live with this. Because I was in that space of being self-employed, I started really seeing, oh, I am going to have to go about everything I'm doing differently. If I'm meant to remain self-employed, then I need to go about my marketing differently. I need to go about selling conversations differently. I need to go about operations differently. Um, otherwise, if I just keep following all of these, you know, more 80% trainings and, you know, coach approaches, then I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to be a pancake um, and I'm never, I'm never going to make it. And so I literally started to like redesign everything. Yeah. And that really was the beginning. And then what I started to realize is that so many of the clients that I was coaching, no surprise, were also highly sensitive. And then that was really what began the shift in my work to sharing with others what I was developing in order to be able to, you know, just really not only manage self-employment, you know, but really being able to maximize my highly sensitive strengths to really serve me in the process and in the space of being self-employed. And then as I shared earlier, in the space of leading. Yeah. So what are some of those strengths? Like what, from your perspective, it might be a little different for everybody, but from your you know, vantage point, what have you noticed as being some of the, the strengths or the gifts that come along with being highly sensitive? Yes. So I've actually really identified what I refer to as top 12 highly sensitive shadows and top 12 highly sensitive strengths. Again, when it comes to being in that space of entrepreneurialism and leadership. So I'll speak to three of the, maybe five, I'll speak to five of the top strengths. So absolutely intuition is a strength that is very available to us um, as people who are highly sensitive and will absolutely serve you uh, within entrepreneurialism and within leadership and absolutely the strength of empathy and the strength of deep listening and that strength of deep feeling and deep thinking. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, that intuition though is a double-edged sword is I've had people in my life say, how did you know that? And I'm like, I just, I don't know. It just kind of came to me. And I've had people say, how did you know that in the sense of, I don't want you to know that. Like, it's almost like <laughs> the veil becomes a lot thinner for people and we can almost kind of see beyond the veil. And, you know, I've had a friend actually tell me before, she's like, Jen, I, I like my privacy. And I don't want you to feel like you're invading my privacy when you share these things that maybe I don't want people to know about. And I'm like, well, okay, you know, I can, you know, not share things as much. Cause I know when I first discovered kind of my highly sensitiveness, I got really into it. And, um, it can be a double-edged sword though. Cause some people can be a little uncomfortable with that notion of, oh, somebody else, someone can understand or see kind of what's going on in maybe my own mind or what's going on in my life. So I always yeah. tell people to be cautious because a gift can, you know, use too much can be, you know, also can be a shadow as well. Well, I really appreciate that you're speaking to that because I think what that gives us a lens into is so much of what I teach in the highly sensitive leadership training programs is how to really be able to 
hone your strengths. So not only access your strengths, but hone your strengths so that they become more of tools with which to call upon and to use deliberately. So yes, in terms of intuition, if we take a look at that, that is actually a strength that so many that I mentor really use very deliberately, uh, specifically when having a selling conversation, but also really when working with team. Mm -hmm. And so then it becomes about not just, oh, I'm using my intuition, but like a very skillful approach to the use of the intuition, because you're absolutely right. If it, if it's kind of just, you know, like unwieldy intuition, um, that could really work against you in a selling conversation, you know, where you're sharing too much perhaps, and, you know, maybe a potential client isn't ready to hear something that you have to say, um, or same with say leading a team, right? So it really does become that nuanced development, um, of the skill, or, you know, I always like to refer to strengths as muscles that we build, um, just like physical muscles, right. As is our highly sensitive strengths and same thing for empathy, right. When empathy is in the shadow side, that's, more of what I refer to as the highly sensitive shadow of over-responsibility, where just because you can feel something that someone else is experiencing, when you're in the shadow side, you believe that you're responsible for, for it, right? Or for, or for that person and their experience um, versus when you're able to access it as a strength, it allows you to, again, develop a skill that can be used very deliberately um, to support with marketing, to support with, again, having selling conversations, to support with setting up specific types of systems or arrangements for people that you're working with or and team dynamics. And, you know, we could go on and on. So again, I really appreciate that you highlighted that because it's not just, you know, uh, like, oh, you're either on it, you know, you're either in your strength or you're not, it's either on or it's off, but it's really the development of those strengths um, and how to, again, really use them deliberately. Yeah. I've had to definitely learn that in my life. And to me, it feels like balance. Like when I'm in balance, like I'm not too far one way or the other, right. I'm not in deep into the shadows or I'm not unwielding right with the, yes. you know, the gift, but it's like being in that sweet spot where I can, yeah, tap into the strengths of it, but not in a way that feels maybe invasive or, detrimental even to myself. Um, exactly. It's what I was yeah. just going to say to yourself or others. Yeah, yeah. It's a very good way of saying it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the ways highly sensitive people can develop coping mechanisms? Because I'm really curious about this because this is something I think about a lot. If mm -hmm. especially I'm in an overstimulating environment or I'm just really busy and I feel really drained, mm -hmm. like what are some, you know, mechanisms they can use to help cope with the world that isn't friendly to the, you know, 20% yes. of us. Well, I think you're probably not going to be happy with my answer. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why is because this is actually a teaching that I developed early on, um, where I identified uh, three primary coping mechanisms that we tend to default to as highly sensitives. And, and at the time of the development of that teaching and training, it was again, really in regards to that space of self-employment and those coping mechanisms. And this is the part that might not satisfy your question is more of a default that we actually want to learn to unpack rather than lean into. So I'll share this a little bit more and, and then you can tell me what you think. So um, for example, the three mechanisms that I've identified are what I refer to as the coping mechanism of pushing, the coping mechanism of hiding, or the coping mechanism of combo plattering. And I'll talk a little bit more about those three in a moment, but those three then also connect to what I refer to as the coping cycle. So when we get caught in the coping cycle, the coping cycle begins with a trigger. 
right? That somehow we are triggered um, either based on a historical experience and or a, a physical experience that overstimulates the nervous system. When the system is overstimulated, we quickly kick into anxiety, fear, and lack of safety. And that's that lack of safety that throws us into our coping mechanisms. And then from the coping mechanisms, there's a period of typically beating up on oneself, then a sense of shame, then some soothing and recovering until we're kicked into the cycle once again. So if you tend towards the coping mechanism of pushing, then what that typically shows up as is that you are a person who's highly sensitive, who will get done what somebody who's not highly sensitive can get done, but it requires a massive push of energy. And to the point where it can and really create a sense of detriment um, to yourself physically in terms of health issues. And then also in terms of relationship dynamics is how the two areas that it tends to show up. If you tend towards the coping mechanism of hiding, then your coping mechanism is that you find any and every way to hide from those potentially challenging situations, meaning you will work double time to try to prevent yourself from being overwhelmed. And typically the hiding tendencies tend to show up within the martyrdom sphere. So it's very, very kind of tricky because you are the person who will show up and you'll be available for everyone else and what they need. And then again, especially within the sphere of self-employment, at the end of the day, though you've been really busy, there hasn't necessarily been those challenging actions taken in order to move the business forward. And then if you're a combo platter, you tend to flip-flop back and forth between the two. And I like to say that that's the highly sensitive definition of insanity because you literally feel like you are going crazy. Um, So the, and then what we really aim for in the training is to begin to be able to recognize when we are triggered into the cycle and into the coping mechanisms to then be able to make alternate choices to actually go beyond coping. And so I always like to say that there isn't anything wrong with our coping mechanisms and they've actually really served us well to get us to where we are at the point that most members enter into the highly sensitive leadership training. And yet what we want to be able to do is to be back into that maximizing space of our strengths. And one of our highly sensitive strengths is creativity. So to be able to access that energy or that space of creativity or creating versus coping. How can we create solutions? Um, How can we create dynamic changes? How can we create an alternative path forward versus just defaulting to the ways that we've coped and gotten by um, without fully understanding ourselves as a person who's highly sensitive? Mm. So big, long answer. And like I said, totally acknowledge it's not what you were asking, but that's, that is the way that in my work, I, I do approach that coping tendency for those of us who are highly sensitive. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a perfectly fine answer. I mean, as you were talking, I, I almost raised my hand when you were talking about the hiding me- coping mechanism, because that's definitely my my tendency, I think in a lot of instances. And I think a lot of us, depending on, you know, the environments we grew up in, what type of family unit we had. Um, I think early on, we are almost forced to develop one of these mechanisms, but I like how you said, I think there was a purpose and I think it it served you actually really well, helped you survive whatever maybe situation you were in, but are we, um, 
are we taking that to a, are the extreme, right? Are we, you know, maybe having that take over too much remember imbalance. Like I, I, I like to honor that. Basically what I'm saying is I like yeah. to make sure I'm honoring like Jen, this is a tendency that you have. It served you well at one point may not serve you well right now in the ways that you want. Yeah. Let's figure out ways to kind of shift into more of that creative space. Um, yes. I know, I mean, well, I will absolutely out myself as a pusher. And that was definitely the space that I was in when, you know, I just really felt like I hit that wall, which is what, again, brought me to understand that I was highly sensitive. And um, I really very much agree with you. And one of the things that I really always emphasize in, in the leadership training programs is it's always a choice, right? So we always have a choice and most of the members who are in the highly sensitive leadership training program, they've gotten to a, a place in their highly sensitive journey where they're like, okay, you know what? Like this coping is just not, it's just not okay anymore. It, it did serve me really well. And like you said yourself, most of us absolutely developed unconsciously, right? Because again, especially if you are a person who's over 30, you weren't hearing the term highly sensitive. Most likely it wasn't in the awareness of your family or your teachers. So we did what we needed to do to get by. We did what we needed to do to survive. And again, most of those that I mentor, they're at a place where they're like, okay, and now I'm ready to go beyond that. Mm -hmm. um, and it is, again, it's always a choice and it's just no right. There's no wrong and there's no judgment, but it is about like, well, what would you like for your experience? And if you would like to go beyond that cycle or beyond that experience of pushing and hiding or combo plattering, then I've developed the tools and the teachings and the trainings that will help you to do that because that's what I've done for myself. And some people are not ready for that and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We're all at different points in the journey and totally makes sense. But I, I appreciate this space even just to talk about it because I, you know, you, you see more and more like online people talking about it. I still don't think it's enough for the 20% of us out there that how many people I talk to every day who still don't even know what the term highly sensitive means. So I yes. think, yeah, I mean, really, and what I hear you saying is just really understand yourself and just, yes. I think that was a key thing for me too, as a highly sensitive person was saying, okay, this is, you know, my reality. This is how I was born now. What do I need? What, how can I support myself? What are my strengths? What are the things I need to kind of keep an eye out on what, and kind of notice more. And I think it almost requires you to be more like in tune with who you are and understanding how you work, not even just cognitively, but even like you said, it's a physiological response. You have to yes. understand even the, the somatic part of it. Um, it's a whole, you know, puzzle that I think. Absolutely. Is sure. And it changes everything, you know, and that's why I said earlier, it's that, that no piece, right. Is really so imperative, um, in the, in the leadership tracks where we offer seven different forms of curriculum, every track starts with what we refer to as orientation trainings. And those orientation trainings are orienting to yourself. Yeah. And that's really the terrain, right? To begin to navigate and learn about. And then from there, you can make well-informed decisions you know, for things that you want to create for yourself, ways that you want to show up in relationships um, and how that can support you to lead. And what I would also offer up, um, you know, along the lines of what you were saying, where it's just not being talked about still in a lot of spaces is how this can really, how this information or being aware of what it means that 20% of the population is highly sensitive, how that can be of such value to associations and organizations and corporations. And that is absolutely a space where it is missing and lacking. And that's a real, uh, that's a real miss in terms of impact on leadership because 
not everyone is designed as an 80 percenter. So you could actually be experiencing a different level of productivity and creativity um, within groups, within teams. Um, and, and it's unfortunate that that, again, is a space that's currently primarily missed right now. Yeah. I think for leaders, you know, I've said this on previous podcasts, but I look at highly sensitive people in a lot of ways. It's like the canary in the coal mine. It's like, I can remember before the pandemic started talking to people about not only mental health and my concerns with, you know, I mean, let's be real. This started way before the pandemic ever came and graced us with all the the uncertainty. This was all lingering there. And I've been saying it for years and people, I don't think wanted to pay attention. And I think a way a leader can really utilize the strengths of a highly sensitive person is not look at them as being kind of a nuisance or, you know, I always say I'm the truth teller and it just bothers people because I'll just be very open and honest. And, you know, people don't always want to hear that, but take notice because when I tell you in our leadership call, Hey, people are being really quiet something I'd, I'd be paying attention to something. Yes. Let's unpack that a little bit. That's, that is a sign to you as a leader to go, Oh, Jen must be picking up on something. Maybe I need to turn my attention somewhere else. And maybe I need to double down on, you know, connecting with my people, but listen to the highly sensitive people because they, they can be your canary in the coal mine that can give you that early warning, right? Not wait until, Oh my gosh, now there's a pandemic and I don't know what to do. And we haven't done anything to help prepare people for this you know, right. disruption. Um, yep. So I'm always telling leaders, like, if you're not highly sensitive, get to know what highly sensitive means and then start really leveraging and utilizing all the gifts that they bring to an organization. Yes. Um, yes. And just even start by knowing who on your team is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think it's even better. Like I've had... I would say about a couple of highly sensitive leaders, but I'm thinking of one in particular who was phenomenal. Like, I feel like highly sensitive people are meant to be leaders because they just have that natural ability to empathize, to connect, to be intuitive, right. And kind of sense what's yes. going on. Yes. And yet in corporations, it's still not re- it's undervalued. It's like, I, they want yes. more of the hard skills or the, you know, technical, like the cognitive skills, but not, and I feel like it's a huge missed opportunity as well. Like it's a we, huge missed opportunity, huge um, missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're moving in that direction. We are, we are, I'm confident. I keep holding the space. Um, and you know, it's like any change, right? You have those who are going to hold on and they're going to fight it and they're going to resist it. Um, but yeah, I mean, even when you describe or you talk about hard skills, the, the thought that immediately comes into my mind is like, oh, so last century. (laughs) Yeah. But they still talk about it in hard and soft skills. And my response to that always like Brene, Brene Brown is to say those soft skills are the hardest skills you will ever have to develop. I mean, so true. I mean, anyone could sit down and learn something and, you know, take a test and be proficient, but for someone to actually sit through a really uncomfortable situation or be able to really connect with someone on a really deep level when they're maybe going through a crisis. Now that I can guarantee you, most people cannot do. So if I were hiring leaders, I'd be saying, I want to surround myself with highly sensitive leaders because they'll be the ones who can really help us develop a great culture, great you know, yes. skills that I want to see within my organization, the empathy, That's right. goodness, all that. That's right. but- exactly. Exactly. And where, you know, as you mentioned that the pandemic has given us the gift of the potentiality to go there. And so the big question will be how many will follow through, right. To, to truly enter into that space of you know new new world dynamics and how many will just fight to go back to what it was. Yeah, every time I see a tweet or an article that says we're headed towards you know being back to normal, and all I could think is, oh my gosh, please let's not go back to normal. That was not. Please. We have, 
an opportunity to create something new, something better, exactly. something. So yeah, it, yes. it worries me. But so going back to um, leadership. So if we have some highly sensitive people on the listening today who are interested in developing their skills and becoming a better leader, what are some things you recommend they do to start down that path or that journey? Well, I think most importantly, as we've been talking about is, is that no, and that, that embrace, right. Um, the no, the embrace and the utilize that, that has to, to be the umbrella that has to be the path. And it sounds so simple, but yet it's really significant to highlight because often as highly sensitives, if we are going back to like old century, right? Um, we have as part of that coping developed the tendency to wait for the other 80% to give us the signal, to give us the signal that it's okay. Yet, if you are on that path of really knowing and embracing and utilizing, then you will be equipping yourself to take more of the uh, assertion, if you will, with action to uh, be willing to offer up a different perspective that you very likely have. You will be more willing to offer an idea. Um, you will be willing to actually give voice to what your intuition is showing you and telling you. Um, what I'll say in terms of a practicality that can support with that, the tools that I teach it, within those orientation trainings are, are anchored in what we refer to as energy management. So when you learn to proactively manage your energy versus reactively, it does really help you with that know, that embrace, and that utilize. So energy management can look a, a lot of different ways. The way that I teach it really tends to be about tools where it it's, involves putting you know, pen to paper so that you have a kinesthetic aspect and you also have a tracking aspect. Um, otherwise, you know, our habits are very, very sneaky um, and they'll come in and try to you know, have us forget or pull us back into previous ways of behaving. But whatever energy management you use, the key piece is to develop a core practice where that is a absolute top priority. So, um, you know, for myself, I definitely have a practice. I start every day with space created specifically for energy management. But energy management can also be a practice that doesn't necessarily have to happen in the morning. You know, you can. Uh, position it to however it may or may not fit your routine and your lifestyle. The primary purpose, though, is again that proactive versus reactive, right? Where you're setting yourself up to be more in tune with your nervous system, you're setting yourself up to be more aware of your potential triggers, and you're setting yourself up to have easier access to alternative responses. So again, however energy management may or may not look, if it's hitting those points of the intention, that's what's most important. And, um, you know, and again, I really emphasize the proactive versus reactive because when a highly sensitive person is untrained, how I like to refer to it, it it feels as if you're constantly reacting to the world around you. It's like an onslaught, right? And it's like, you just like can't catch your breath, you can't really get ahead. Or again, you go into those coping mechanisms, you push to try to get ahead of it, or you hide from, you know, even having to like possibly experience an onslaught, or again, you're, you're back and forth between the two. But that energy management core practice will support you in, in that feeling equipped, and then therefore having, you know, a different experience. So that's really what I would recommend. It's leadership within self first to then, you know, be available to, to lead, um, you know, with and to, and for others. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I always give the metaphor. It's like, you don't wait to check on your car until it breaks down. You have to mm -hmm. constantly, you know, 
-hmm. take it in for maintenance. You have to, you know, check the tire pressure, oil, whatever. Like it's a constant maintenance. It's not waiting yes. until the thing completely falls apart. Yes. I agree. That was probably one of the biggest changes for me is first of all, what I heard you say was in the beginning for me, and this resonated was trust, trusting mm -hmm. yourself, because that yes. was a big, big roadblock for me because mm -hmm. I thought I couldn't trust myself because I didn't understand what was happening because it, it wasn't congruent with what was going on around me or what yes, well others said. were experiencing. So okay. it was about really trusting myself and acknowledging that and holding it. But then, like you said, being proactive about setting up practices that support me in that yes. energy. So for me, it's about building time into my day to be able to take breaks to maybe mm -hmm. even lay down for like 20 minutes. I mean, not take a nap, but just even rest. Yes. Let my energy level, my stimulation kind of come down. Mm -hmm. Those are go for a walk. Um, yes. those are things that work for me, but you're right. Like I don't wait until, oh my gosh, I'm stacked up with meetings all day. And then by the end of the night, I'm like dead and right. can't move. You have to really be proactive. That's I think one yes. of the shadow sides of being a highly sensitive person is we have to be much more mindful Absolutely. of that energy and regulating it a little bit better. Yes. And when we do that, then we can be our best selves and be in that creative energy and you know, all that all that you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad I'm doing it right. Cause I don't know what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> I've just been trying to figure out for myself, like, how do I support me? And what do I need as a highly sensitive person? But I know that's worked, you know, for me. And I think also for highly sensitive people, I don't know if you found this as well, but finding more safe spaces, like since most people don't get me, it's nice that I can go like to my therapist's office and she's very understanding yes. and there's a safe space there to also talk about what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing and have it not feel like shame or, um, something's yes. wrong with me or, you know, cause the world can be unfriendly, especially with those who don't understand it. So also I would say, save your, find safe spaces that, you know, allow you to process kind of what it's just like to be highly sensitive in this world. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, I say we have three pillars to success and it's in, within the highly sensitive leadership training programs, it's community, it's core practice and it's consistency. And that community piece is massive for exactly what you're saying to have a space where you're in aligned community and People really get you. Um, and then as a result, they really support you. And so one of the things that I often say is, you know, we practice it in here, meaning in the community so that we can go be it out there. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. And I even say practice it in here internally first. Yes. Because I'm a big believer. I think practice helps me a lot too. That's helped me kind of manage my um, anxiety and thing, you know, Stim overstimulation that I can get is the more I can practice with even myself before I even go into community or out. I find that helps too, because then it becomes more of an embodied practice, right? Yes. It's not just something I'm doing because you know, right. other tells me to, yes. it's something that yes. I intrinsically develop. And then, yeah, it's almost, yeah, you step into a safe space to then be able to spread your wings and fly out in the world that Yes, because according to Dr. Elaine Aaron, you know, we are the royal advisors. So we're not meant to be in isolation, only sitting on our meditation cushions and writing in our journals. We're actually really meant to be out there and really contributing. And mm -hmm. it, it does, you know, require um, everything that we've been talking about today to be able to show up to do that. Yeah. Fantastic. I've loved this conversation. I've appreciated all of your insights and sharing, especially with the coping mechanisms and helping if we have new listeners, you know, what, what does it mean to be highly sensitive? Cause again, there's 20 to 30% of us, which is a pretty big number. It's actually, it again, it's shocking to me that we don't talk about it more considering how many of us are out there. Um, yes. Yes. So this is, I appreciate you coming to this space and sharing 
um, your wisdom with us. Um, I like to do a, a segment at the very end, uh, just to get to know you a little bit more and maybe a little bit deeper perspective on who Heather is. So wanted to ask you just a couple of quick little fun questions. Um, yes. but I would be really curious about your favorite book on your bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I kind of have to go back to just my favorite book always, which is to kill a mockingbird, which suddenly has become super controversial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. but that is an all-time favorite. Um, okay. I've loved it for, for many years. I loved teaching it and, um, gosh, I don't even know how many times I've read it and I can go back and I could read it again. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I haven't picked that up since I think it was high school. Was I had to read it? <laughs> but yeah, I remember. Um, very cool. Uh, last question is, you know, who is an influ- influential person on you and how did they impact you? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Um, so many, um, uh, the first one who comes to mind, I'm just going to be honest is my therapist and I've, you know, had that relationship as a safe space, as you said, for, um, many years. Um, and so much so the relationship goes, you know, beyond and enters into more of like a a spiritual teacher space as well. Um, and has been absolutely influential and key to everything I've been able to, to do and be and create really. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because that's another passion of mine is talking about mental health. I don't think we do that enough. So I like to, and I'm glad you talked about it too, because removing the stigma of seeing a therapist. Um, and I think therapy is great for highly sensitive people, especially if you can find one that, you know, you connect with is safe, you know, but that space can be so powerful and so transformational, um, especially for the highly sensitive person. Mental Um, health is key. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So Heather, it was so nice to talk to you today. Where can people find you? Uh, I would recommend you go to www.businessmiracles.com. So businessmiracles.com and lots of good stuff waiting there for you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you coming on the show today and talking about the highly sensitive person. It's my favorite subject. So I appreciate you you coming on. Thank you so much.